Counselors, approach the bench. I have no further witnesses, Your Honor. Curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Overruled. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Welcome to Movie Mistral, the podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and argue for or against the movies being on that list. My name is Johannes, and I am alone today. Not really, but kind of. <laughs> uh, today, we are talking about yet another film on that list. The quintessential horror movie, Hitchcock's Psycho. Psycho was released on September 8th, 1960, starring Anthony Perkins, John Gavin, and Janet Lee. Before we take the money and run, though, we have a guest today. And our guest is... Hi, everyone. I am Amit from the D54 podcast. <laughs> Hi, Ahmed. Tell us more about the D54 podcast. Yeah, D54. So we're pretty pretty new podcast, just basically looking to cover movies, uh, movies, TV shows, trying to get a mix of sort of what we sort of like our favorite movies, as well as what's contemporary. Um, it's me, myself, uh, my co-star, Dennis, and my other co-star, Sunny. So we sort of um, get together on a weekly basis, talk about movies. Um, we had Johannes on recently to discuss Pig, and we yes. had a blast with that so um really looking forward to anyone listening to this check that episode out so yeah we're just um getting started but really enjoying just chatting movies man so <laughs> and uh, you were up for the challenge of uh, movie mistrial oh yeah definitely was and i even <laughs> picked this movie i think so <laughs> you did yeah you did you, you you looked at the list and you're like psycho psycho sounds sounds like a movie i you would enjoy right Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, after watching it, do I regret that choice or not? Tune in to find out. <laughs> we will see about that. Um, you've seen the movie before, I assume? Yeah, I've seen okay. it, but I've seen it once a while ago. So it wasn't really fresh in my memory. It was like one of yeah. those things that I watched to tick off the box, like, you know, to, you know, what a, what's this like a movie about? And I saw it and I'll be honest, I don't think I analyzed it like I did now. Um, I watched it like I just, just watch, watch any sort of movie. And we, we're talking maybe like 10 or 12 years ago. So it's yeah. it's been a while. Um, I've, I definitely didn't see it when it came out. Um, you know, this movie predates my, <laughs> this movie predates my existence. Yep. <laughs> Even the conception of me was not around that in 1960. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, I did sort of watch it to, you know, be sort of one of those people that know about cinema and know about movies. But now I watched yeah. it again with a fresh pair of eyes. So looking forward to discussing either for or against this movie. Yeah, um, this was my first watch, actually. So I, I, I feel like I've seen, I mean, everybody has seen the shower scene. Um, I feel like you cannot go through movie history without not having seen that in some shape or form. Um, but it was my first full run through. So it was interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting indeed. First. Yeah. It, it definitely looking at it with a, you know, a fresh, fresh pair of eyes in 2022. Um, or, you know, whenever you sort of watch it, it's going to be pretty different. And that's something that I found, like the question I had, and we'll get into it more, but before yep. the actual for or against is like, how did this movie, has this movie aged well? Because the, Shower scene, you're right. It's something that, yeah. Um, even before I hadn't even seen the movie the first time, I knew about that scene and how sort of iconic it was. Um, seeing it in context is a little bit different, I think. But yeah, my main question was like, does this movie hold up? Does it have problematic themes? 
you know, from the sixties or is it even good as a horror movie? All that kind of stuff. They're the kind of yeah. questions I had coming in even before whether I liked it or not. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, to, to bring everybody kind of on the same page, uh, let's hear a little synopsis first. Phoenix secretary Marion Crane, on the lam after stealing $40,000 from her employer in order to run away with her boyfriend, is overcome by exhaustion during a heavy rainstorm. Traveling on the back roads to avoid the police, she stops for the night at the Ramshackle Bates Motel and meets the polite but highly strong proprietor Norman Bates, a young man with an interest in taxidermy and the difficult relationship with his mother. And we're back. So yeah, Psycho. Um, you were saying that you, you watch it with a more critical eye, uh, which should yep. be good because that should prepare you to make a decision on whether you want uh, heads or tails for our coin toss. <laughs> definitely, definitely. No, I've definitely, I, I've got my preference, but I'm not too strong about it, to be honest. I think I can go either way. So this kind of situation that even if I lose it, I'm not going to be too bummed out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, I'll let you decide heads or tail. Let's go for, let's go for heads. Heads. Tails. So I get to choose okay. um, what side I want to be on. Uh, I'll argue for the movie. I'll, I'll do the easy ones, <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. All right, so I'm going against this movie. Interesting. Um, okay, should I kick it off or? Yeah, please. Stage right. is yours. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. So this movie, as I said just before, you know, seeing it under the fresh lens of 2022 or the modern era, modern movie making, uh, it's, 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 it doesn't really hold up as well as I thought it would, to be honest. Um, my first criticism of this movie and probably the strongest is it's called a horror movie and it's known as a horror movie. It's an iconic horror movie. In fact, when I even looked at sort of the this is 250 um, IMDb's top 250, this is the highest ranked horror movie. And there's not many horror movies in the whole list, to be honest. It's, you know, I think the next one from what I remember was Alien, I think was one that came up. Um, but that can also be classified as sort of a action sci-fi movie as well. But just pure horror. Uh, the Shining was in there, also Hitchcock. But um, yeah, I just the main thing is it's not a scary movie. Like, that's the thing. And that's one part which really got to me coming in. I was waiting for the horror scenes to come. And yes, the horror scenes do feel extremely dated. Even the shower scene. Sorry, it's not the most um, horrific or it doesn't really blow your mind that much. I think it does a lot of good things in how it's shot visually in that specific shower scene and the movie overall. But overall, my main criticism is that it's just not very scary. That's sort of my strongest argument. The other one is the narrative is all over the place. I'm sorry to say it's confusing at the start. I found, um, you know, we'll get into it more, but just, you know, the character of Marion Crane decision-making just seems to happen all of a sudden at once. And it's, I'm sort of wondering why am I following this lady around for this? I question, why did she sort of run away when she sort of did? And then because the scene before that it introduces us as showing us like, you know, she's really wants to be with this dude, um, you know, her boyfriend, but, you know, then very, the very next scene, she gets hold of money, which we don't know about. Um, apparently, it's $40,000, which I was a bit surprised by because I would 
thought $40,000 would come in a suitcase, not an envelope. But <laughs> um, so this, the narrative was kind of strange. I think the most interesting part was probably Norman Bates. I think he's probably the most interesting character. And he comes into the movie, I think, an hour or 47 minutes into the movie or something like that. His whole exploration is undercooked. I think I thought the acting from, I think it's Anthony Perkins. Uh, what's his name? Yep, Anthony, Anthony mm-hmm. Perkins was really great. In fact, the acting overall was pretty good. But in terms of his character, really undercooked. Like I wanted to know more about him and his condition rather than just, you know, a little side note basically on the side. Ending was pretty weak, I have to say. Like just a whole bunch of exposition at the end telling us, you know, what his condition was. I, I'm never a fan of exposition. And speaking of which, this movie does a lot of exposition, <laughs> a lot of speaking and dialogue. Um, you know, there's just repetitive scenes, like she's in the car for ages and we just get that, you know, we get the visual effect is strong, but the repetition of that particularly, I wasn't the biggest fan of. Now, I might be getting to, you know, the nitty gritties now. But overall, yeah, I just did not get the feeling that, you know, I, I walked away watching one of the best horror movies ever, which is what this is classified as. Um, you know, if I compare to, I was thinking of horror movies at its time and thinking what other movies you know, are comparable to this. I think Rosemary's Baby is another one. That's a horror movie, which I found a bit more scarier because it's just more sinister. Um, I think later on you have movies like The Exorcist, which is, you know, 10 years beyond, fine, whatever. Um, and The Omen and stuff like that. There's a bit more sinister, there's a bit, a bit more sinister, a bit more darker and a bit more, even the scenes are a bit more scary, I think. Like this didn't have, I would say it had two scary scenes. One might have been the... Um, maybe three maybe so one we have the shower scene which yeah i didn't i'm sorry i didn't find it that scary uh the death of the pi which was yeah not not very well done sorry to say it looked amateurish like the way he died it was a bit comedic in some ways um and the last reveal of this you know the skeleton body which again i think it could have been better and again not not that this not that it's this movie's fault but because Norman Bates is so well known in pop culture, at least at least for me, and I think he is, like that kind of appeal. Like I sort of already knew that. Like we knew that he dresses like his mother. We knew that he has the story about Norman Bates has been told so much just outside of this movie, and that particular point has nothing to do with you know this movie. It's just sort of unfortunate that's well, you know, it's been what fifty years or more, sixty years since it's come out, so people know about the movie. Um, but yeah, there were some of sort of my um, parts about it. Like it's not. Again, I'll, go, I'll just retell my first point. It's rated R as in, you know, it's got an R rating and I really question why that is. Like, there's not much in it that really makes it an R-rated movie that gets me scared. <laughs> so, they're my, they're, they're, they're my points. Interesting. I'll be interested to hear your points, Johannes, on why you love this movie so much. <laughs> All right. Um, Psycho starts kind of as a heist movie and uh, I, I think there's a debate to be said about who this psycho is in a way uh, which i feel is brilliant so we have mm. uh, the female lead uh, which seems to be a rarity in the movies from the 60s that um is stealing a lot of money uh, in today's money that's about four hundred thousand dollars so she um, tries to get away with uh, with a lot of money and then is thrown into um, 
a situation where uh, she is fearing for her life in many different ways. Um, most interestingly is her trip from Arizona to, uh, I believe it's California. And um, you, you can, you said uh, she's in a car a lot, which I mean, this is a long trip, but along the way, she is scared. <laughs> Uh, because she knows she's in the wrong and she's, she stole a lot of money, right? So when, when the cops come and uh, check her out when she sleeps on the side of the road and um, follow her around, uh, she gets more and more paranoid, um, tries, switches the car and tries to get to her boyfriend and um, almost makes it, but, you know, not not really. She's like 16 miles out. And um, ends up in this hotel, motel. And the thing, the brilliance of this movie, I think, is that it it is it takes its time to establish her. Um, even though she is kind of, she's the leading lady, but she's kind of insignificant to this movie. Um, we spent a lot of time with her, uh, empathize with her, kind of get in her shoes and understand what she's doing. You know, there's temptation. She's going for it. She tries to find a happy life with her secretive boyfriend and almost gets away with it. But she doesn't because she gets punished for her sins. And uh, it's it's almost poetic justice in that sense. Um and as you said, uh, Norman Bates is such a culture icon right now, or these days, not just right now, but these days, um, that it's somewhat unfortunate that it is already well known that uh, he is kind of his mother and uh, he's the killer. Um, and I think it's alluded to here and there, it's subtle, but he, he's not necessarily um, making a big secret out of it. Like if, if you really listen to him, you, you can tell that there's clues there for sure. Um, which is great. Um, and I think the twist at the end, probably in the sixties, um, blew a lot of people's minds. And I think we need to, to watch this from a lens of the sixties a little bit, uh, just to, to understand how different this movie is. So, so for once it's a female lead that, gets murdered halfway through. Uh, and then we have practically a, a, a person that's dressing as his dead mom to do those killings. And um, I think a lot of that really blew people's minds and really freaked them out. Um, like in today's standards, yes, uh, this R rating may be a little... Mm. Uh, a little much um like if, if we consider today's horror movies but uh, i think in the context of, of the time um this is some 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 crazy stuff <laughs> right um it's, it's it's kind of sad that we as a society have uh, have gone <laughs> kind of off the deep end when it comes to to horror in that sense but um to to so so i think this movie is uh culturally extremely relevant in that um I, th I think also um as you mentioned the the way the movie is told is a little different from how we usually experience movies it ends with with an um, exposition dump and kind of a long shot with Norman Bates in prison uh, kind of going through mental 
um, minds. The interesting thing about that, though, is that Marion kind of has similar tendencies in the car when she hears, uh, I think, her sister and her boss kind of, or, or she's fantasizing about what they would say when she comes back to the office or not. And uh, so, so I think that's that's an interesting exploration of maybe we're all a little psycho and kind of have those tendencies of, of hearing or, or, or wanting to hear. So I think there's a lot there also to uh, deconstruct and kind of figure out the meaning. I think the way it's shot is very brilliant. Um, like it's very logical and methodic, uh, methodical in that. Um, it's very seamless how we get kind of through rooms and buildings. And um, it's it's one of the quintessential horror movies and, and done by one of the best. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, like a lot of the points you're bringing up are pretty good. And like, if I were to speak up some good points about this, like aesthetically, this movie is brilliant. Like, I think it looks amazing. For something in the 1960s, like, I mean, obviously I would have, the one I watched has been remastered and it's touched up quite a bit. Um, but the choice to go black and white, I thought was pretty courageous with this. And it, I don't know, it made me feel like it's timeless, to be honest. Like that's that's one thing that I really liked about it. Um, one other thing that I did like about it is though, is, and this is like, if I was, if I was to, well, I didn't enjoy the horror aspect of it as much. Um, and it is more of a psychological horror than yep. anything else, rather than like, you know, a slasher or a gore or anything like that. It's bit different but this was the origins of basically you know that character basically going through a demise or going through like a mental breakdown um it's one of the first one i i don't know I, I can't speak for movies beyond like before this like there might be other instances of this but it really does display that really well like you know a character just going crazy the, the paranoia as you mentioned and you see it from both angles you see it from um you see it from crane and you see it from norman bates as well basically that decline but yeah it's just that so there's, there's there's a show that came out based on this called the Bates Motel I don't know if you've seen that one but I actually nope. yeah no so that basically is a that's meant to be a prequel to this hmm. um movie and that really goes through the story of Norman Bates really well like it goes through I, I actually quite like that show um it's got uh it's got this guy that looks just like um Norman Bates uh, Freddie something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freddie Highmore. <laughs> if, 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 if you see his picture, you'll see, and you put them side to side with Anthony Perkins, they look quite similar. Um, but that show does a really good job of deconstructing why Norman Bates is the way he is and why his mother is the way she is. But of course, that's like a show with like four seasons and like, you know, it's got a lot more time to do all of that. Um, but look, that show does a really good job of that. And I don't know, I was finding... I didn't really like there's two sides the the protagonist changes from crane to um uh, norman bates like almost like instantly like no like as you said like she becomes insignificant to a certain point um it was like almost she's just a device basically to carry the narrative through um but in terms of yeah i would have just liked to see more of norman i think and understand that side a bit more as to what he was going through because are you right they did leave clues in fact i thought they left too many clues i think it became kind of obvious as to you know his mother did not actually kill the um you know Marion crane in the shower and you can see right after he kills her how meticulous he is and how thorough he is to basically you know um make sure everything's cleaned and nothing is left he's it looks like he's done this before um 
basically, and I don't know if that's explored more. I don't know if he has. I'm assuming he has just based on his actions there. But yeah, it's 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 an interesting movie for me, man. Like I was, I definitely was not on. Well, there were parts I didn't like it. There were definitely parts I did like about it as well. <clears throat> and that point you brought up is great about how seeing it through a lens of 1960, I think that would have that could have blown people's minds at that time to have that reveal. It's just, I think looking at it, if you were to introduce somebody in today's age, if I was to take an 18 year old and be like, "Hey, check out Psycho," I think the word that might come back is, "Hey, I think it's overrated." Um, with some of the stuff. But again, this is a pioneer of a lot of stuff that they were doing. Um, or at least one of the pioneers in sort of filmmaking and the horror genre, I think. So, yeah, I think it's, um, I don't have really much else. Some of the, another, another sort of negative was like the narrative sometimes. It took some shortcuts, like just sometimes silly things, man. Like, you know, she, like, I think um, Marion Crane dumps a piece of paper in the toilet and a week later they come back and it's still, they can still read the text on it or something like that, the writing on it. Um, I think there's like a fight scene, small fight scene between Norman Bates and, um, uh, what you call it? Um, the character's name is Sam, the boyfriend of um, Marion. And yeah, he sort of takes him down in like a second and I'm like, that would that probably wouldn't happen considering his size and stuff like that. Maybe it's a bit, um, maybe I'm projecting a little bit there, but <laughs> um Stuff like that, I thought maybe that could have been a bit better. But yeah, it, it's a, it's an interesting movie. I think that's that's the way I can put it. <laughs> I mean, so so if if we look at this, another thing that I feel is unusual for movies of the time is that it's a one hour and 47-ish minutes long. And mm. what I take from that is it's really taking time to set up characters. And I think the the, the neat thing about it is um, that we get the time to get into uh, her character and kind of understand her motivation and the conflict she's in because she's ready to go back and give the money back and be, you know, go go back to her old old, old life if possible um, because she took some learnings from Norman Bates of all people. <laughs> Right, so uh, it's interesting that that this movie takes so much time to to set that up and to really um, give us so much of her, only to flip that on its head and just, you know, she's gone and she's no longer needed. And I think the the brilliance of that is, um, yes, she's the leading lady, but she's not the main character. You know, there's there's not a, a series about her. Um, mm. like the Bates Motel, because yes, she's somewhat significant, but she's also insignificant and just gone, right? But there's some brutality in that aspect too, where, where you can talk about kind of the the insignificance of people in, on the grand scheme of things in a way. But um, Norman Bates is, all, is the, the main character in this, but they take a long time to introduce him. And then it takes a long time for him to show his real sinister side. There's something off about him, um, but that could also just be because he's not around people anymore so much. Mm. Um, and that may make him awkward, but we learn later that that's not necessarily the case. right? So, so there's some brilliance there, I think, that we spend so much time with somebody only for them to be insignificant to a degree. And that's that may sound harsh, but I feel like that's that's pretty much the truth. Um, 
And I don't think you see that that often anymore. You see that sometimes in shows. Um, like I feel like Stranger Things does that each season where you have new characters introduced and they, they get killed off. Um, and you build kind of strong relationships with them in a way, or you, you, you grow to like them a lot, but then you know they have a terrible demise. Um, and that's sad. And I feel like they're very effective in this movie as well with that. Um, because you, you feel like, okay, she's she's kind of running away and she's kind of not doing the right thing, but then she's turning around. She wants to turn around and do the right thing, only to be killed. Um, and I think that's interesting, um, just from a from a, a constructive perspective, in a way, like how, how it's constructed. Uh, I think the movie, uh, the, the music is doing really interesting things as well, where... You have that that opening theme that comes through and kind of creates that um, paranoia. Uh, we get that a couple of times more when she's in the car and feels chased by the by the cop. And um, yeah, and then the famous shower scene with, with the high pitched strings just kind of <laughs> really like, weirding you out in a way, just from from a music level. Uh, I think there's lots of brilliance in this. And uh, like I said, I think there's there's a lot of foundational stuff that inspired a lot of movies following um, in terms of uh, composition and build up and character development. So I think this movie is pretty important and should be on this list. Yeah, look, <clears throat> artistically, I think this movie is actually pretty brilliant. Like you mentioned about the um, the music. So that's I think it's Bernard Herrmann. So he's pretty, he did the score, I think, for Taxi Driver, because that sounded really, really familiar. And I think you guys would have done that or are going to do that pretty soon. Um, that's on the list, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but basically, um, even like that intro, like the intro sequence, that's by Saul Boss, like Saul Bass. He's a famous graphic designer, like, the you know, from the 60s as well. So Hitchcock definitely got the people involved to, you know, carry out this vision, Um and if you read, if you read the trivia about this movie, this was definitely a you know a passion project for Hitchcock. Like he he bought the rights to this movie, he bought every book he could that related to it. Like he loved this concept so much. Um, and to see it come to fruition, no, you you are very right. One thing I wanted to mention though, from a positive side, was that yeah, Anthony Perkins was freaking amazing in this. Like he's it's like, you're right. He was introduced only an hour in, and his performance was so good that you got everything within that time. Like he was basically in the movie for half the movie but within that time he was able to execute how creepy he was and how weird how sinister in some ways you know it wasn't it's 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 unique in that he's a, you know he's a antagonist that's not what you typically think of an antagonist or as, as a bad guy you know or like you know like in the shining we see psychopaths and we see crazy people um you know, in a way, there's reference to, you know, him being crazy. I, th I think Sam calls him that, but it's not in that way that you would think, um, you know, he's actually dealing with a mental illness, which again, again, I would have liked to see that explored a little bit more, just as insights um, into that, which, yeah, which the show does really well. Um, you know, it did take like 60 years for the show to come out <laughs> after that. So people were waiting for a long time to see that. But that's probably one of my main things, because while you are right, it's funny because like it is really positive in that they had a strong female lead um in this and you know she was a strong female right she came across as you know somebody that doesn't take anything from anybody 
Mm-hmm. And that's something that his, that his mother, at least from what we understood from this movie, was the same. Like she was, you know, stands up for herself, not meek. Um, so, you know, there was some, par- there's definitely some parallels between them. But then it's like she's important, but at the same time, she's kind of not because she's just a victim at the end of the day, which is really sad, um, <laughs> you know, from, from her side of things. Um, sometimes like, so like her decision to sort of go was not so clear to me. I thought it could have been better planned or better thought out rather than spontaneous but look it, that, that that's okay it happens at the spare of the moment and the movie did what it did um but then also her decision to just go back it seemed a little bit rushed like <laughs> you know like she came in after one conversation with norman bates who i think anybody can tell from that he's a bit he's a bit off with things like that but she did take a lot from that um and basically just straight up decided to just go back home and forget all the stuff that she's you know, wanted to do all this time. So it felt a little bit rushed with that again, because I think of this movie as, you know, there's, it's, it's driven by its plot. I think that's what carries it through plot and character are the strongest sort of themes going on. Um, and character really only starts to get really strong. I think when Norman Bates enters the story. Uh, so plot is sort of not the strongest point all the way along. Cause it's just these parts where I'm just like, wait, how did that happen? And why is that happening? Um, you know, they bring a sheriff in like, in the middle of the movie and his role was pretty insignificant. Um, some of the side characters weren't the strongest. I did love the salesman though. He was, a <laughs> he was a, he was a nice little refreshing bit of comedy, I think, which is sometimes important in these kind of um, horrors just to break that sort of tension up. So yeah, like, I mean, I didn't mind that even um, the performance from Marion Crane played by, let me just pull up her name. Um, did you mention before? Yeah. Janet, Janet Lee. She was also great. Um, mostly yep. I think there was, a few scenes where I was like, okay, this is not that convincing, but look, it could just be to do with the times as well. And that's one thing that could happen. But yeah, all the actors were great. Um, this was, this, I think this movie was great. It had potential to be a little bit better, but I think that doesn't take away for the fact that it probably belongs. I do agree with you. It belongs in the top 250 because of the fact that it's so, it pioneered so much. Um, even as I said, the black and white style, it's not even done that much even since like, it's really, it is unique in a way. Like it's not, when you think of black and white, you think of, I don't know, Charlie Chaplin or something like that, but this is another sort of example. And that's completely on the other, on the other spectrum, right? Like, <laughs> um, so to adapt that, to do this, and it's not even been done pretty impressive. I'm yeah. pretty impressed by that. Yeah. sounds like, uh, we should kind of go into the sidebar as we call it, the general discussion yeah. to, to just kind of continue talking about this. Uh, I think we made our, our arguments and let the audience decide, uh, yeah. who, uh, who, who wins the arguments. <laughs> Your honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. All right. And we're back. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think the critique that you had, uh, I share some of the critique. I think, um, while I think there, there's a lot of good structurally, I think the ending is very bizarre. Um, I think that that um, exposition dump at the end is so weird because it's like it sounds like it's just a theory of that uh, cop, I believe, right? It, it yeah. kind of sounds like it's just a theory, and we're not entirely sure if that's the truth and that's really what happened or not. But that's just kind of how they. Figured it out. Um, they did mention that there were two other people missing uh, in that era uh, area. So yeah. um, I think that's you know we we kind of have 
some context clues that she was not the first victim. But um, yeah, I think that's that's a little clunky. The other thing that I found a little weird was the cop. Um, I think the first interaction makes sense and is a little strange, but then he turns out over and she continues driving um, to this random town. He happens to be there and mm. just does this very strange like stare down and the kind of intimidation thing and it's kind of coming out of nowhere and it's not resolved at all yeah and and yes it's just kind of giving that dread but it's also weird <laughs> and yeah what, what do you think about that yeah no no as i said like the narrative is some point which i did yeah the cop one that's a good point as well that's it was kind of like a convenient plot device, I think, that there's this guy intimidating you the whole way around. I didn't understand what his interest was so much in this. Like, you know, she fell asleep at the wheel and she seemed like that's a pretty reasonable excuse. He did seem something, he sent something off, but then to take it to the extent to follow her around, but then it's not even continued through, right? Like, yeah. actually, when they introduced the PI, I thought the cop is back, but then I realized it's not the cop, it's someone else. So <laughs> he was there for a little cameo. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was just it didn't carry through. Again, I liked it. Like the PI, he played the role well. But again, it was kind of like, okay, you're there. It didn't really have much impact in the story either. So that's what I said. Like the movie, I feel like if they had to make, make it again, Norman Bates should be front and center and just put his whole story out there. Like this, the side story, even from Marion Crane, I didn't, there was some interest there, but compared to how complex and deep what I wanted to understand about Norman Bates' character, that's really what I thought the movie would have should have sort of focused on more, um, and that's again if you do watch that show, that's what that show sort of does. It I would highly recommend it as well. It's pretty entertaining. It's got the same creepy vibe um, as this does, and yeah, the guy that plays Norman Bates does a fantastic job. Uh, but yeah, that's one. That's the criticism. That's the criticism I have of the movie. Um, narrative is not so strong. Like I still, I still sort of feel that way. Like watching it again now. Um, and I do think it's revolutionary and it's done what it's done, you know, aesthetically and stuff like that, the music and all that. But yeah, just, it could have been better. <laughs> I, I, I'll put it like that. Yeah. And another thing I, I noticed very early on is like, this movie is kind of racy for the 60s. Um, oh, yeah. Like at the beginning, like they were all super thirsty. <laughs> it's like, geez. Oh, yeah. Right. It's <laughs> like, that, okay. That's, that's, um, yeah. That's a choice. <laughs> no, it, it, it carried through. Like, um, like Marion, so this is one part I didn't bring up, but this confused me. So Marion Crane was really paranoid. You know, she's buying a car, she's she's trading in a car, buying a car, like she's picking up groceries or something like that. It was yeah. kind of ridiculous. That how, Land how, of the but, free. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but she was quite like they showed her. They showed her to be really paranoid and really calculated in everything she did. Um, you know, wanted to get out straight away as soon as she could. As soon as she meets Norman Bates. She lets everything down. Like she's like, okay, cool. Now I'm home. I'm comfortable now. I'm going to open up to you to speak about everything. It's a completely different character change. Like you have this paranoid lady, and I don't know what. Like, does Norman Bates have some kind of magnetism or something like that that he just gets these people to talk? Like I didn't really understand or buy all of that. It just felt a bit strange. Well, I, mean, I felt like he he's kind of a charming person. To, to a degree and he reads her 
like an open book, right? I mean, she yeah. says she she wants to find her own private island or something like that. And he immediately understands, okay, she did something. Yeah, that's true. And um, I, he, he probably was like, oh, I can, I can exploit that. Um, yeah. so, so, and I mean, it, I think that he calls her out on that and disarms her in a way. And that helps her open up a little more. That's how yeah. I at least kind of read it. But, um, yeah, yeah I, there's something off with him, but I think he's also quite charming and quite accommodating in a way. Right? Like you, you can, you can see that he's somewhat of a loner and probably not good with with women, but he's trying and he's he's still nice to her. Like he's like you know he tries to do the food and all that. Um, hmm. Like and he doesn't have to, but like I, I think there there's some charming qualities there. Um, then his his fights with his mom like she's kind of the evil one technically right mm. um but yeah i mean i don't know like i said the the cop thing is is very strange the, the way she gets the car is very strange i don't think it's necessarily the smartest to swap your car in front of the cop that's swallowing you it <laughs> <laughs> seems it seems um short-sighted a little bit and so, so but, why was she why was she turning a car in that she didn't want to be traced is that the thing? Like, well, I, I, th- I think she was in California and she figured out that with Arizona yeah. plates, um, that kind of raises eyebrows. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, they, they, they did play the paranoia. I thought the paranoia stuff was really great. That stuff was yep. good. Like, um, even the, the car scenes, I did feel like, okay, another, you know, car scene, um, you know, with her driving. I thought it was getting a little bit rep- repetitive, like a bit of repetition there, but to you know exploit that whole paranoia thing and she she was great like um generally she also played a great role for what she was given and everything like that just some of these parts that yeah i've mentioned were there but otherwise yeah i did did you so did you ever like this movie how would you put it would you like how do you feel about it would you watch it again or like what was your feeling about feelings about it uh yeah i i enjoyed the movie um i think the like i said the ending is a little strange um i don't think people would do it like that anymore these days like with the exposition and yeah um do i i'd probably watch it again but not like immediately like i think (laughs) um there's a lot of other movies it is surprisingly long for for what it is like i like going in i was kind of like oh this is an old movie it's gonna be a quick one um no Hmm. It's it's really taking its time, and uh, I think it's good that it does. But it's um, it is kind of a slow burn, and I feel like you need to be in the mood for for that. Yeah, definitely. No, it it is a, but I sort of I did appreciate that to be honest. Um, in this case, because it did really let scenes draw out, and some of the scenes were pretty gripping. Like even that scene when they're having you know the dinner with. Marion Crane's having like a piece of stale bread or something like that. I don't know what she was eating, <laughs> but essentially um, that was, even though it was just dialogue, it was pretty gripping. Like it was mm-hmm. pretty tense. The conversations they were having and it really did a good job of immersing you into this world like that she's yep. in. So I was in there with them, you know, like I was watching every, you know, I was just as much interested in the conversations and, you know, what is learning more about Marion, learning more about Norman finding out what's going on with this situation and why is she doing this um again this this probably could have been i think because 
you know, I think one of the genres in this movie was probably mystery. Like it's can be classified as a mystery, but sometimes I feel like the mystery part is a bit undercooked. Like at the end of the day, as we said, you know, they, they rely on exposition to explain what's going on with Norman, even though there's clues going on, they decide to take some time out and be like, okay, this is what the situation is. And especially towards the end, like you want to punch at the end, right? Like you want that, that climax scene where you reveal her face. That's like, whoa, you're right. In 1960, you'd be like, whoa, my God, like what? That's such a skeleton. But um, then to finish that, I'd be like, oh, okay, now let me explain to you what actually this whole situation is about. You're kind of like, uh, really? Like it kind of dulls it down. Um, so if I was to watch, I, I would I'd probably watch it again too, to be honest, even though I have some criticisms. Just I think what me, what carries through for me was just aesthetically, it's just unique. Like it's something that I can't even, if I even try to watch something like that today, there's very few examples of that kind of look and feel from the yeah. music to the way it looks. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I give all credit for that. That's, that's my main, that's the main positive I think for me. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, thank you so much for being on, on the show. Where can people find you? Yeah. So day 54, you can hear us on whatever podcast you listen to, as they say, <laughs> So um, we're on YouTube as well. We just put our clips on there. Um, hoping to go to video soon so you'll be able to see our faces sometime. But um, yeah, just basically just look up D54 on your podcast player. You'll be able to find us. I think we have a couple movies coming up. So we did we did the Thor movie recently. Um, the Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, uh, not not a pig. The unbearable weight of massive talent. I think we have we're doing the Gray Man coming up soon. So that new Netflix blockbuster. I haven't seen that yet. So it's going to be an interesting one. Um, but no, man, it was a pleasure. I really enjoyed uh, you know being on this podcast to discuss you know this movie. Yeah. You know, I, I I'm happy. At the end, I don't regret my decision. I'm happy I picked it because I got to explore <laughs> this little um subgenre is one that's very interesting to me like the, the breakdown of a character and going through that that i don't that don't think we see enough of it but i would highly recommend bates motel if you um are interested in this check that show out it's, it does a great job of continuing continuing the legacy excellent excellent yeah and you can find us on at movie mistrial at facebook instagram and twitter and uh, can send us an email at contact at moviemistrial.com next up will be the pianist here for that.